How's it going? Facebook and Twitter, Periscope. Instagram. Instagram, YouTube, <laughs> uh, all the interweb, Twitch. There's 12 year olds on Twitch that are wondering why we're interrupting their Mario Kart game. And uh, we want to welcome you to episode number two of Dial a Drummer. Welcome everybody. We Glad actually we actually made it kind of on time today. We did. We're like, doing good. You know, like a minute after noon. It's progress. Yeah, we're progress. <laughs> Baby steps, one step at a time. Absolutely. In fact, I got a I got a cool step for you. Check this what out. What you got? So uh, this is Shannon Corey. Hello, everybody. How you doing today? I'm Brian Stevens. And I uh, see we got this cool uh, little thing that has our name Too on fancy. it. So in case I ever forget my name, right. I just hit that button and I'm instantly <laughs> reminded that I am uh, I am now Brian Stevens again. And um, what I didn't do is I did not send out to all our socials that, uh, that we were li going live. So hopefully you are already watching us today here on Dial a Drummer. We are here. I'm going to use another awesome thing here. We're here every single Monday absolutely, at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. for now. We, we're playing around with times, but right now we're working on that. noon is what we're settling on. We're here uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. if you're on the left coast. Hello to all my friends in L.A. Um, we're going to do some live call-in today and try our live call-in line out. That number is 678-929-1230. And I'd already told Shannon I was going to let him do that, but I just did it. Uh, and hopefully you uh, you already realize that uh, we're already across every social network known to man. We're trying to hit all the platforms. Except for China, where we have yet to get clearance. I think it has <laughs> something to do with maybe one of your extra jobs. Well, you know. We can't talk about that. <laughs> so if people if people wanted to interact with us today, Shannon, how are they going to do that? They're going to call in at 678-929-1230. Give us a call. We'll take your questions. It can be about anything drummer-related, music-related, whatever. We're experimenting with this whole call-in thing, so please, let's do it. Yeah, we're, this is this is our day to test out the call-in line and see uh, how well that thing works. And you, we'll take your questions, but also we're going to table a few topics, and Absolutely. you can weigh in on any of those topics. We would love to hear what you have to say about those particular things. So that being said, you want to jump on a topic and get moving? Uh, well, let's let's finish telling them how they can uh, how else they can get into okay. us. Uh, if you have a question and you don't want to talk, you can always. And this is where they need to make this bigger so I can. Uh, you know, I didn't make a hashtag. Oh well, uh, I can show this. Excuse me while I play with my technology. <laughs> that sounded bad, didn't it? <laughs> You can. Uh, it's a family show. Yeah, <laughs> you can hashtag dial a drummer on most of the social networks. Keep an eye on that because it's going to keep wanting to sleep on us. Um, we're actually we've got an app where we're monitoring all of our different chat rooms for people that are, are making uh, comments and and uh, may have a question. If you want to tag us on something, tag us on dial a drummer, uh, hashtag dial a drummer, and you can always put that into the queue there and. Put that little bug down there. Uh, so, yeah, so we're kind of playing with our technology, really trying to work out the call line today. We'd love to hear you call in. You can hashtag us. You can email during the week. Oh, hey, you know what? I do have one of those. Check this out. One day I'm going to be able to do this without having to look down. Uh, email the show. Look at that. You can email the show at 
dialadrummer at gmail.com. Easy enough, right? I'm trying to make this as easy as I possibly can for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that you only have one or two yeah, things that you have to do. Any social platform, dial a drummer, you can find us. Yeah, that's kind of how this works. And I just you know, I just realized, happy Father's Day, by the way, belated happy, happy Father's, Father's Day. Day to you, Did you have Mark? a great Father's Day? It was fantastic. Absolutely. Did you do anything special? Yes. Had a great church gig. Mm-hmm. Went to lunch with my folks. Yep. Got to have some time with my dad. And then took the girls. We went to see Mama Mia at the Fox last Oh, night. very cool. It was a great show, yeah. So, Mama uh, Mia. Great day. Great day. Were How you about sing- yourself? Uh, well, uh, I worked. I singing along. <laughs> How can you not like the tunes of ABBA? Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's a great show. Every every tune's a hit. Absolutely. Every single one of them. Uh, I, I did, like you, I worked my church gig till about mid-afternoon. And then came home and uh, ate food I wasn't supposed to be eating. That's not on my diet, uh, including chocolate cake. Cheat day. If you're, like if you're following me on Instagram, you saw my, my uh, <clears throat> chocolate cake. And then we took the dogs down to the river. Nice. And first time they'd been down to the river, and we let them swim, and it was cool. And, uh, yeah, we just we had a good time nice with it. It's relaxing. Nice I relaxing. just realized this week, as I was putting together stuff for the show, that um, the moniker or the... Uh, if you take the initials of Dial a Drummer and just write acronym, maybe? Is that the but correct word? It. The acronym I'm is? I'm not too smart. Uh, dad. That's it. It's the dad show. <laughs> we were clever in this thinking. And everybody in Twitch, everybody in Twitch is going like, we oh, you just this. figured out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what is Dial a Drummer? Dial a Drummer is a great show where we talk about different topics in our hour together. Uh, we're going to talk about Peter Chris and his announced um, uh, retirement and hopefully time permitting we're also going to get to uh scroll down right here brian so you can because my memory doesn't always serve me you know gigs that you well shaping your career through live gigs is really what i, I sort okay. of called that the idea eventually we're going to talk about gigs you shouldn't take and my hope is that people are going to call in today with uh either your thoughts about peter chris if you love him if you hate him I, we don't care we just want to talk about it um Maybe some of your own tips and tricks for uh, YouTube or any online learning platforms that you use and what you think about them. Uh, your own personal review, your experience with them. And then uh, the gig from hell. I'd like to get a couple of calls today <laughs> where people will tell us about their gig from hell. Okay, that's a good one. Because I'm sure you've got one or two of your own. I probably do. <laughs> and, and to incentivize people, because sometimes you just need to... Kind you need to use a little bit of a carrot. A little, little tease, absolutely. Yep. We, uh, for people that call today, we are going to give away some things. Well, what are we going to give away, Vanna? We are going to give away a Modern Vintage DVD Festival from 2010. Brand new, fully wrapped in its packaging. We've also got a 25th Anniversary Drummers Collective. Drummers Collective. That we're going to give DVD. away. Yep, yep. And then the it, big one is it, yeah. the cool Steve Smith. U.S. beat and the te- technique, history of the U.S. beat and his drummer technique. It's amazing. This is one of the best ones out. That's that's a cool one. That's a cool one. So we got see, some goodies. What I should have done is I should have gone to your, your single camera My right single there. Cam. So you can, Hello. Yeah, hold, hold up the uh, the Modern Drummer there Festival one. Hold that one up right there. Isn't that so we're giving this one away today. <laughs> cool. Let's see if I can get them all in the shot. Here we go. Uh, let's let's we'll go to the camera. There we go. There's your, there's your camera. Look at that. Nice. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so anyway, so if you call today, uh, if you call and, and talk with us, some lucky caller is going to win some kind of prize 
And uh, how about, Brian, you double tap that so while you're talking that people see you too. I'm telling you, we're slowly working this technology thing out. And we would like to send a shout out and thank you to Adam Box for helping us launch last week with a great interview and great stuff. It was Dude, a- like a thousand people across all the different platforms, but a thousand people sat and watched the show last week. That's fantastic. Uh, all the gaffes and all the technology errors and how unpolished it was. A thousand people still got to enjoy hearing Adam Box tell his story. And uh, he, we're going to have him back again. I've had people that have emailed us this week and said, well, we want to hear like his backstory. Yeah. We, they've got their own questions. So we're definitely going to have Adam come back, uh, you know, probably when he's got a break from his tour. And uh, we're going to talk with him about more stuff. And we're going to table some of your questions as well. And uh, I want to give a shout out to today. Uh, in the call screening room, we get this cool system, kind of like a radio station. This is like talk radio yeah. for drummers. We're calling it a podcast. Podcast, but it's live, it's video, it's phone, it's a, it's a lot of technology going on. So. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you can interact with us. And my buddy Brandon is in the call screening room. So when you call in, you'll talk to Brandon first, and he'll he'll find out who you are, where you're from, uh, if you want to weigh in on a, one of our topics, or uh, if you have a specific question that you want to answer. So when you call in, uh, you'll you'll get Brandon, and he'll uh, he'll talk to you for a few minutes. And thank you, Brandon, for taking your time to hang with us. And and he's doing all this remotely because of technology. He didn't have to drive anywhere. Right. He's probably not even out of bed yet. No, no, he's he's still in his skivvies, feet up. <laughs> well, Brandon, we appreciate you helping us today. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, so, uh, and for those who don't know, when you call in, you'll actually hear the show over the phone line. For So for, for some reason you're watching through your phone, you're worried about missing one riveting moment of this show. <laughs> You're right. worried we're going to drop right. drop a news bomb. We're fixing to drop a news bomb. Right. Uh, you will not miss it because while you're on your phone, you'll still hear the show. It's wonderful how we got all this technology locked together to to keep you in the loop and um, and have you be able to do some cool stuff with us. So anyway, um, the first thing that I wanted to talk about today was uh, and let's let's see how how this does for us because I didn't oh Fox News took. Took it off of the uh, thing. I don't really read Fox News a lot, and I'm not going to say anything more about them. <laughs> but I saw a story on Saturday, I believe, mm-hmm. that uh, Peter Chris has officially announced his retirement from performing, performing live gotcha. at least. Okay. And uh, I believe he's like 71 years old at this point. And, um, and so I really wanted to talk about that today for two reasons. Number one, um, to be honest, I'll throw that tape out of the way. Man, whoever's producing this show really All right, needs to so do a better job. So, for one, for those that may not know, Peter Chris was the original drummer in the rock band Kiss. Yes. So, this guy was a huge influence for a lot of players. All through the 70s into the early 80s. And then, you know, they've had a couple of reunions here and there over the years. Right. 96 was, I think, the first time they got back together, maybe. Yeah. Started with the Unplugged show and then. Uh, you know, that's when the reunion stuff really started cooking, and then they went full on makeup. Well, I'm not, I want to get there's so many things I want to talk about. I this, love this. this. Go, man. This. Yeah, to be honest with you, and and this is this is where maybe I'm not as uh, a good a fan as I used to probably be, right? I kind of thought Peter Chris had actually already retired from performing, really. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Peter. Uh, I kind of thought well, at first it, it was a non it was a non announcement to me. Right, right. But then I realized, well, the announcement's there because he had a show over the weekend at the Cutting Room in uh, New, York. New York. Right. And uh, there's already a ton of stuff that you've seen on social media. I saw media. some uh, in the USA Today this morning. 
little article about it. Cool. Yeah. So they said he had a good show. He had a horn section and he was singing and playing a little bit. So yeah, I'm like you. I didn't realize this was really in a thing or an announcement. But for those are of you that are huge Peter Chris fans, if you got any questions, want to talk about them, talk about how he influenced you or any of those kinds of things. Call in. Yeah, by all means. He, he was... Was he a big influence on I you? I didn't... Was that well, your... as I've gone back the past few days and, and re-listened to a lot of things, and seeing that announcement kind of opened a door to a bunch of memories sure. that I had I, I just kind of pushed them to the side. Uh, I had forgotten how big a fan I was of Peter and how influential he was. Uh, the thing about Kiss, though, and specifically him, is I saw him... Before I heard him, gotcha. and especially in pop music culture, it seems like now th there is a real critique in pop music about how it's all flash, it's all um, pomp and circumstance sure. and not much music. But I think that sometimes we forget that when we were kids, a lot of times the music that we really gravitated towards was it was the music that we saw first. Right. So I remember being in the Winn-Dixie grocery store when I was in kindergarten. This is how far this goes back. I was in the Winn-Dixie grocery store in kindergarten with my mom, and there was a spiral notebook there with Peter Chris on the front. Right on. And he had full makeup, and he had uh, drumsticks in his hand. So obviously he was a drummer. He had drumsticks in his hand, right? Like, this is cool. This yeah. Is a drummer. And I'm sitting cover. there going, Mom, I gotta have this. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what this is. It looks like a Halloween and drumsticks. It's cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's it's only after I, I got that notebook, then I really started to dig into Kiss. What is this Kiss thing? Right. It was a lot harder then because we didn't have the children. We didn't have the interwebs. Well, it says something too about the genius of their marketing. Oh yeah, early on. Yeah, when they were that they could get into smart. a grocery store in the middle of Meridian, Mississippi. Yeah, <laughs> on a notebook of all things. On a notebook of all things. And I remember just carting that notebook around even before I heard any of their music, and I was just riveted by what I saw. But then when I heard that, people forget because we're so far removed from it. 1972 was the first Kiss album, and it starts with drums. Right, right. Like Strutter comes out with drums. Right. Like the first thing that you hear is Peter Chris. The first thing that most people, when you put the needle down on that album anytime in the 70s, uh, if that was the first you ever heard of them was side A, you heard Peter Chris. Right. And right then, out of the gate. Right out of the gate. And then come the second tune, oh my gosh. And this blew my mind. I didn't realize this until I saw some video of them like on Midnight Special or right. something. You know, if, if you know that first Kiss album, you know where I'm going with this. Before Don Henley, before Phil Collins, before Zach from the Hanson Brothers, the first singing drummer that I was ever exposed to was Peter Chris. Right was, you got nothing to lose. I'm like, who is that voice? Right. Oh, my God. And then to see them live, that was the drummer. He's got a microphone on one of these big... Big bones. <laughs> like, Looks like could, a crane. You could, you could, you could hang oh. all your laundry on that thing and, and probably did. And I was like, he plays drums and he sings. Right. 
And he had this massive drum kit. And for me... See, and I thought you were going to concert, Tom's. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was disappointed. My first kit, it wasn't concert times. I had, on Christmas morning, I had to tell Mom and Dad, this wasn't right. i got to take this <laughs> take back. Take it back. <laughs> take it back. But for me, like, you listen to that record. You listen to listen to 100,000 years. That's the first recorded drum solo I ever heard. Right. And on, on the album, it's just a little short break before that last verse. But it was a drum solo. And, and especially to be featured, yeah. you know. And then when you flash over to Alive One, it's a full-blown drum solo. Right, right. You know, it, it's a whole drum extended. Like, that's where I learned that there are times when the band will stop playing and everybody pays attention to the drummer, not just the girls. Right. <laughs> just the girls. So, But isn't that the most important just well, the girls? That's why I got into this. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, that's another show. That's, yeah, totally different show. But uh, yeah, so man, that was, for me, that was groundbreaking. And then you get all the way to the last song on the record, Black Diamond. Not only are there lots of great drum fills in there. Um, Dude, wait. Great first let, record. Yeah, I mean, let me go, go, I'll back, go back and, a second. You know. Deuce, uh, you think about all the drum fills that are in Deuce. Now, in 2017, you know, and sure. the YouTube generation, well, that might not be a big thing. Drumming chops in general have come a long way, but to understand the time, the era, it, even if you're not a big Kiss fan or a big Peter Chris fan, it's worth going back and listening. Yeah. And it's kind of like those subtle tracks we were talking about last week. There's some stuff on there that's worth checking out. I guarantee you, if you go back and you listen to, to Deuce, like... In between all these riff breaks, you've got eighth note fills and sixteenth note fills, and uh, you've got sixteenth uh, note triplet right. fills. Like the first time I heard, -da 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 -da. like <laughs> he was my Keith Moon man. Right like that big drum set, and here, like you know, Keith Moon was my parents' music in my mind right, right. Know, in the late seventies when I ran into them. But this guy, like he was my Keith Moon, right on, and and. The there was a lot, especially that record in particular. There's a lot of these fills that he plays, real simple fills, but they start off with this little, right. little triplet kind of grace notey thing that comes like straight out of big band Gene Krupa drumming. I'd never heard a rock drummer play these little frilly things in front of to set up the fill. Right, and it, it, at the time, especially you know when you're uh, kindergarten or when I started playing drums, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. That was a mystery to me. Sure, sure. Like, what's that <laughs> thing what's he doing? before the, the easy part that I know how to He's figure so out? He's so good. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> and then, of course, I couldn't go. Right. I couldn't do that. I can barely do it now. Not to mention he had a huge drum kit. <laughs> no. You're like, oh, how nice is that? It was sparkly, silvery glass. <laughs> You're like, of. I have four. This is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nearly as cool as Peter Chris, but one day, one day. <sighs> so, so. He's saying he's retiring from performing, so yeah. good for him, and happy retirement, and I hope he's doing well, and, you know, we we just thought it would be a great topic to kind of open up with today and see what kind of response we get, because, yeah. you know, he is a legend, and we're getting to the point where a lot of the legends are either retiring or, unfortunately, passing on, right. or in a weird, especially for you and myself, yeah, in our age bracket that, you know, a lot of these people we grew up being inspired by, 
are, if you will, aging. Yeah. You know, so it's a, a, things are changing a little They're bit. They're definitely aging, aging out, and, and we're losing some of them. And it makes you wonder, where's the next crop of hero? Right. You know, the, the guy that, that captivates, especially for drummers, um, you know, the YouTube generation— Go back to that camera so you can see me while I talk. <laughs> right. It's important that here, it's important you see me. I want to see me. It's all about me. It's all about me. The more me mix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put that on a topic. That's a show topic. Okay. Put that in the spreadsheet later. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, for the YouTube generation, there are a lot of guys that, that they have to look at that are playing solo drums. Right. But to uh, have a guy who had a very unique style that played music in a band with other people uh, and, and, and traveled the world playing these songs that were the soundtrack of our, our childhood, our sure. existence. A lot of youth. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's not a ton of that nowadays. There's a no. lot of drum athleticism. There's a lot of, a lot of that look at me. There's a lot of chops. Yeah, and a lot of that drummers playing mm -hmm. by themselves. But there's not so much. It's not so much a band construct much anymore. Right. You don't see a lot of bands that started together, still together. Right. That created a sound as much as you used to. Um, so, Peter, I hope you enjoy your retirement. I would love it if uh, they decide to maybe do just a couple more shows. And and did you involved. see them when they came through Atlanta, 96, 97-ish? I did not. At the I Omni. Did. I did not. Last show I saw the Omni. And... Uh, it's a testament to a band to me. Um, there, there was one particular point in time in the show, and it was pretty. It was very obvious to me. It was obvious enough that even my wife noticed it. That I'm not going to out. I hate out Peter on this, but they're in the middle of one song, and he goes to do a drum fill, and he drops a whole beat right. in the drum fill. Kind of comes out a little early, but within a half a beat, the entire band was right there with him. Right. And and that kind of chemistry, even after that many years of not playing together, says a lot about those four guys and what they created together, and the fact that they can, as a band, again, this You'll is kind read of, each other kind of missing in, in, in modern day, that guys get to play together so much that if one guy drops a, 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 an entire beat on a drum fill, it takes a, literally an eighth note's worth of time for the entire band to know and be right on top of it. And other than, like, my wife kind of, she's bopping along, and all of a sudden she, <laughs> she has to kind of reset. Get it back. <laughs> That's really the only reason she even noticed. But it's a huge testament. So sorry to out you, Pete. But uh, but it's also it the beautiful thing about lesson. live music and playing in a band. It's, a, you know, mistakes happen, but you just play through, and yeah. you, you got to keep going. Song's got to finish, you know. Well, well so, so we're talking about, we'll, we'll jump around in our order. Um Live gigs. That's a that's a good segue right into the live gig talk. Um, I tabled this because uh, the past few weeks I've been having to hire some audio engineering assistants for a lot of live gig stuff, and it's been interesting to me the reactions. Even guys that send in their resume, they may not know totally about what the gig's about. They just know that here's a job that pays money, sure. and they send a resume in. So I talk with them on the on the telephone as a pre-interview, and it was pretty uh, astounding to me the reaction that I would tell guys uh, when I was telling them and I was basically hiring them for a $20 an hour job. Right. And, uh, and it wasn't necessarily a favorable one. Uh, guys that were like, oh, okay, well, 
yeah, I don't, I, I don't know that I'm into that. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a producer and win a Grammy. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize. I'll or, take the job, but <laughs> now that you're paying me, I don't want it. Yeah. So, so it raises the question for me, um, in shaping your career, either in the beginning or, or even now where we're at in our own careers, um, should you always take every gig call? Should you say no to some things? Are there things that you may say yes or no to uh, that push your career in a direction? I wanted to table that idea sure. because it, I don't think it's something that a lot of guys talk about. It's a loaded question. I mean, I well, would that's s- why I ask. It. Well, there you go, Smarty. <laughs> so I would say in the beginning, you know, if you're starting out, yes, there's really not a gig you shouldn't take because for multiple reasons you have a whether it be a, a genre that you're not used to playing in right. or getting a chance to play with, let's say, older or seasoned players, that's the best experience you're ever going to get. Is right. to, you know, you can practice all you want in your room, but you got to get out there and play with people. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's a genre you've never played, so that can be a little risky. Yeah, you know, that's true. Um, as you get older, some of the gigs I would say don't take or any of the gigs that are for exposure. Oh gosh! Because exposure does not equate to any money in your. And bank it's not account. the fun kind of exposure either. No. <laughs> or the kind you can get arrested for. <laughs> no, not that kind of exposure. <laughs> it basically translates to, it's a free gig, and we want you to drive eight hours to play for you know a festival that you'll be on the third stage in the back, <laughs> that nobody's actually going to. But so there, you know what I mean. I think that there's a, a and this again. This is a show about us uh, giving our honest opinions about things. And so I'm going to be transparent and honest and say I'm disturbed that there is there's a trend, especially among professionals in our business, that there's a certain nobility to taking every gig and saying that that you're working six nights a week. And, you know, Monday night I've got this gig here, and Tuesday night I have this gig here, and Wednesday night I'm over. And you've right. seen some of the Facebook sure. posts that p- people put up. and some sure. of the, Or uh, we kind of alluded to it last week. You know, sometimes guys will, uh, you know, they'll, they'll Instagram pictures of them in their office. Right, 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 right. And depending on which, uh, which American flag is the backdrop. You know what club they're in or what room they're in or what country club they're yeah, in. Yeah, the, the color of the carpet or, you know, wh- which windows are behind. Like, right. you know, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's there. So there's a, certain, there's a certain, to me, it's a false nobility mm-hmm. that, that someone will. Now, now, if you need the gig because you're making rent or your light bill, or you need to eat, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But to sort of hang your hat on, especially if you're deep, deeper into your career, let's say you've been playing professionally more than 10 years, Mm -hmm. getting paid to play more than 10 years, professionally at whatever level professional is to you, the idea that... um, that taking some kind of four-hour gig in a smoky club that you don't want to be in in the first place that is paying you 50 bucks just so you can tell people that you're working, to me, is sort of this false nobility, and you're really setting yourself up for uh, a pattern Mm -hmm. that's going to keep you in a rut. Sure. Now, we all, I think we can both agree, you never know who's going to play on a gig with you. 
True. You never know who's going to be listening to you while you play. Uh, and, it, and to me, at first, when you're first in your career, yeah, you should field any call that you feel like you can do, that you've got the vocabulary for, right. that you've got the repertoire for, you know the songs, or you can learn the songs pretty quickly. Uh, and, and you've got the right equipment for that job. Right. Uh, but there, again, I just listed off a whole lot of reasons why you might not want to take a gig call. Right, right. If you have 24 hours to learn 70 tunes you've never played, it's probably a gig you shouldn't take. You're setting yourself up in a losing position. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be tough to come out well in a situation like that. Right, and you're going to leave a lasting impression with people that may not be reality. It may not, you, you may, again, if you've got you know, a song list of 70 tunes and you've never heard them, country band calls you and you've never heard country music before. Or if you've never played the genre like we're right. talking about, it can be a challenge. Right, right. If, well, if <laughs> somebody calls if, me for a jazz gig, right. I, have to, I have to ask a few questions to find out what kind of jazz gig it is. Right. Because if it's one of these avant-garde we're playing in the basement of this little club downtown that seats 25 people where we're on the cutting edge, the bleeding edge of music. I'm not taking that one. Right. Because while I'm pretty proficient with jazz and with music in general, I'm going to get myself into a situation where I'm going to be in way over my head. And guys are going to be left with, at least I feel, guys are going to be left with an impression that, wow, that guy's not very good. Right, or and then you probably wouldn't get a repeat call. Yeah, you know? and that's one of those where the guy who's playing saxophone on that gig may be the guy who plays saxophone in some really cool touring band that you've always wanted to be in. So some of it is thinking, you know, a little outside of yourself going, okay, it's one thing to want a gig, but are you qualified? Can you be ready by the time the gig is happening? You know, and then that gets into the other, do your due diligence, do yeah. your homework. Or if you if you roll up to the uh, to the corporate wallpaper jazz gig right. with your Peter Chris drum set. Right. And you know, you've got all your shiny rack toms all laid out and your huge bass drum and you've got all your cymbals and you know the one little splash cymbal right there. Um even if you can play the style, I'm gonna I'll out myself. Okay. So the third gig I ever did in Atlanta, 1995. Right on. Blues band. Okay. So if, if somebody called you and they had a blues band gig and you were thinking about the gear you needed to take, what would you take to a blues band gig? Probably a fairly minimal kit, four to five piece. Okay. Ride, couple crashes, maybe a splash if you're feeling frisky, Yeah. But not too much. Snare drum. What snare drum would you pick? What? Well... I would pick probably a standard five and a half by 14 mm -hmm. aluminum. I mean, I'm taking a trick kit, so <laughs> <laughs> that's what I play 24 seven. So that's what I'm This thinking. is not an official advertisement for yes, trick drum. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'll expect your check on the front door. <laughs> <laughs> he takes good care of me. So thank you, Mike Dorfman at Trick Drum. No, no, no. Uh, all right. So, so okay. All question, those wonderful things that so you said. So what did said. you take? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's what Brian took. Okay. Uh, 
I started off with a five-piece drum set. Okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, that was that was the nucleus of the kit. Okay. All right. It gets better. Uh, yeah, yeah. I took a I took a full cage rack, like heavy metal drummer. I love it. Uh, you know, Tommy Aldridge back in the day. Okay. Cage drummer. All right. Dude, Front two, two sides. Two tiered cage. <laughs> two tier. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, you gotta have the second tier because you gotta have something to hang okay, on. Okay, this right? is getting good. Keep going. <laughs> So, uh, so I had a five-piece drum set, but I also had the Rototoms. Okay. And I had a Timbali. You were coming to show. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I came to put on my show, man. <laughs> we're doing a show here. <laughs> snare drum, piccolo snare. Crank to the heavens, baby. <laughs> Pearl free-floating piccolo snare. Oh, man, it was... Snap! It was a gunshot. Sounded yeah. beautiful, oh, though, buddy. in the right context. <laughs> Not that one. Um, and then cymbals, let's see, at the time, I think I had four crash cymbals, uh, a regular ride cymbal, and a sizzly ride cymbal, right. a china cymbal, two splashes. I didn't just take the regular hi-hats. I had the X-hats, brother. Because if I was going to do my fancy little two-handed... So it took you longer to set up than your set was? The whole It took me longer to set up than it than I had in the entire day, I think. <laughs> like, I could have done four gigs in the time it took to set this up. More importantly, how did the gig go? Um, well, let's, let's just say this. When the drummer that you don't know, that you, came on a recommendation, shows up, sets his kid up. Now, of course, I was there three and a half hours early, so I right. could set up that monstrosity. When you walk into this little club, sports bar, and it's the corner, it's not even a stage. Right, right, right. It's, all right, the drummer sits. move a couple of booths, <laughs> yeah. and this is where the band goes. You're in the corner, and then everybody's kind of around you. If you walk in, and you're a blues guitar player that loves Stevie Ray Vaughan, and you see that monstrosity, you turn around and decide that you walked in the wrong place. <laughs> and yeah, so did the gig go well? I started off on the wrong foot. The you know, that that wonderful uh a couple of dudes that walked in to play and you know, they were they were ready to, to lay it down and play some great music were sort of taken back by what is this eyesore in the middle of and and it visually it took the it took the focus off of the guitar player who fronted the band. And so even without doing anything, without saying anything, I was already upstaging the guy whose name was on the little poster on the door. You know, the Billy Bob Smith band. Mm -hmm. And his name was Billy Bob Smith, thank goodness. Sure, sure. Because that just puts us somewhere but else. But if you entirely. played the gig appropriately... Then the amount of gear doesn't necessarily matter. Though. Oh, it mattered here. <laughs> it mattered. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were definitely put off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. Oh, double pedal. I brought my double pedal. Forgot. I, now, okay. I knew I was forgetting something. I brought my double pedal and everything, dude. You know, of course, I I only whipped out the double pedal for a few little. Right. Big endings. Endings, you know. <laughs> um, but needless to say. Story. Um, it, it's it's a very good example of it's not necessarily difficult to get the first call. The call back right. really is the litmus test for how well you did. Sure. 
And I don't necessarily think that I played, other than the sound of the drums not matching. You know, the, the sound of the drums at the time, for what I was playing, was definitely set up for a guy playing in a heavy metal band. Yeah, 1995, I was still hanging on to it. Right, right. Well, and that'd be another topic we can table for later, too, is drum setups in general, because I know there's a lot of guys that have a particular drum set that they use for right. all setups. Yep. You know, a la Steve Gag, doesn't matter what gig he's doing, yeah. that's his kit. Or a Steve Smith, or, you know, even locally, there's people we, we know that, you know, I play a certain kit no matter what the gig. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like I have the right sound the right sounds and the right sizes mm-hmm. um and it's a comfort yeah it's a comfort zone but that's an we can get into that yeah you we'll know put that on the spreadsheet we'll talk about absolutely. that absolutely um but getting back to the topic at hand the gigs to take or not to take there can be some good questions there maybe we'll get some questions on that too yeah feel free to if you haven't already if you don't already kind of know the deal as we're talking about all this wonderful stuff uh the the sign behind us can tell you or I can put a nice little graphic up because, you know, we're fancy dancing like right. that. Um, we got all the technology. You can call 678-929-1230. And by all means, uh, feel free to, to uh, weigh in on the discussion. Uh, tell us about uh, Gig From Hell. I totally forgot about that. Do you have a great Gig From Hell story? I, I have one that was fairly recent. A few years ago. Last week? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. No, this was a few years ago. And it was almost, is it possible to have an almost answer? Yeah. Because my I'm, I won't name the artist's name, but it was jazz guitarist. We Myself and the bass player live here. We went all the way. We drove down to Sarasota okay. to do this gig, big jazz festival down yeah. there, right? Yep. <clears throat> They're supplying, you know, all our per diem, food, hotel, the whole night, you know, normal stuff. So we drive down there. And we get to the hotel. The rooms haven't been paid for. Oh, yeah. That's how you start the day. Yeah. Okay. Now there's talk that one of the vendors has pulled out. So now the whole show may not happen. Uh, I mean, it's just one of these nightmares. So it was up until the, like, ninth hour of this thing were we not sure. You know, so here we have given up a weekend worth of work in town to go do this gig. It all worked out, but that's as about that's probably about <laughs> as close as it's gotten. Best to you get. can say about it. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, gig from hell. The one thing I will say, as an aside, because I'll probably do this way more than I should. Uh, I didn't hit the record on that button over there. Note to self: When I watch this later, hit the record button over there, and make sure it's that a learning you, curve. Eh. We're, we're still trying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, still trying to get it together. There's 7,500 buttons on these two tablets right here. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So, and we have the trackpad in front of us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Gig From Hell. Uh, where do I start? Gee whiz. Do, uh, do I want to talk about one that's in town or one that's out of town? Okay. So, um, one that immediately comes to mind for me is uh, another one of those. You know, this doesn't really pay a whole lot for this one. But since it's it's one of the first times we worked together, man, it'd be great to get you in on one of Do these gigs. Solid. Yeah, it'd be great to get you in on one of these gigs. We get you worked in the rotation, right? And all of a sudden, uh, you know, you, we could you could be gigging with us all the time, man. You know, it'd be it'd be great to have you all it's the your time. Your gig to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those. You know, it's, uh, it comes from come from 
uh, an acquaintance who recommends you for a gig. And, uh, you know, you hop in that 70s van that's got the wood paneling on the side. Nice. And with the wood paneling towards the bottom and the top is the, the beachy sunset, nice. but it's faded out. <laughs> so it looks more like London on a April morning. Right. You know, <laughs> it's, you can't really tell where it is. And, uh, you know, duct tape on the back window. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, Security of course, bill. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, open the back of the van. There's no seats in the van. Oh, nice. PA is in the van. The uh, little bit of lights that they use, which was really more like those clamp on floodlights from right. Home Depot. So now you got to shove all your drums on top of in <laughs> yeah. open spaces. Yeah. And that's also where you have to sit. Nice. Leave yourself enough, enough room to sit, man. Just leave yourself enough room. Please tell me you went like an eight hour gig. <laughs> well, I was like six and three quarters. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> In the middle of Alabama. Oh, that's a long ride. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. So, you know, you pull up to the gig, and it's uh, it's at a yacht club. Okay. Let me paint the picture for you. You know those lakes that people build in their front yards? <laughs> yes. You know, they get a backhoe, and about a month later, there's a big hole that the rain collects in. And they... <laughs> And that's the lake. Yes. Yeah. So this was this was a place on one of those. Okay. So you know. So by yacht club, not so much. Not so much. Not so much. So no. <clears throat> I you know maybe it was I don't know it was tongue in cheek I guess, <laughs> but it had it in the name. Okay. <laughs> so staging was, the, was there uh, an actual stage? No or, no no or no, was no, this, no this was you're, you're setting up in the dirt. Yeah no this was in well, it was inside. Okay. It All was right. inside. All right. Uh, in the middle of June. Ooh. <laughs> In Alabama. And the Wendy unit was out. Oh. Yeah, Wendy unit was out. And uh, it, there was a concrete floor, but let's just say that a lot of the dirt that was out by the lake had made its way into okay. the okay. actual building itself. So it might as well have been a dirt floor. <laughs> and uh, it was also one of those where as you walk into the establishment, the sign on the door... Uh, or next to the door says, check your firearms with the bartender. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you can see where this is going. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, it was one of those kind of gigs. It was one of those kind of gigs that had a whole lot of uh, silver wing shining <laughs> in the sun. Yeah, it was one of those kind of gigs. So it was like the VFW is, gig without the VFW. You, you may experience a lot of different things over the years. <laughs> yeah, and the band house was literally uh, somebody's house that the band stayed in. And so, you know, you're sleeping on somebody's couch that their hunting dogs usually sleep on. And uh, so let me go back to the first point of this whole discussion was Maybe you shouldn't take every gig. Right. <laughs> Do your due diligence and find out all the information. Ask the questions. What are you getting paid? How far is the gig? Are you? Oh, wait a second. I forgot the best part about you... this gig from hell. You just reminded me. So uh, the getting paid part. Oh. Uh, this one, but so, you already led with it. Was this was an exposure gig? Uh, well, do this one for me, and then you might be the. You know the scene. In, you know the scene in the Blues Brothers, where. The club owner comes up and he goes, well, you know, we're going to pay you boys $200 and y'all drank $300 worth of beer. <laughs> Way I see it. Um, that's not, that's funny because it's true. true. 
And it was one of those uh, one of those situations where, yeah, the uh, the other guys in the band out drank whatever it was that they were planning on paying us, or at least what they had offered as an honorarium for our service right. and right. hospitality. Uh, so no, no one got paid. And uh, there were a lot of excuses as to why that was the case. But uh, so on top of all those other things, not getting paid. I would have taken a bounce check at that point. <laughs> what was the gig fund? I don't know. You tell me. Doesn't really, didn't size up to be fun. After you got the pat down of walking into the <laughs> venue, probably not. Uh, you know, um, you know, if you like watching people rub belt buckles all night, it was a hoot. So ask questions. Whoever the band leader is on the gig, find out where you're going, what you're making. Maybe find out how long the gig actually is. Yeah. Because that can be open-ended. Yeah. You know, because if you're doing a corporate gig, you're going to be there early and you're going to play, you know, late in the evening. And it's, it makes for a long day, but generally those kind of gigs pay real well. So The, the edges are finally it. marked. Yeah. You know, the boundaries for this are, are, are finally defined. Um, but no, no, definitely a gig like this, it was fast and loose. And there was a lot of that, one more song, man, one more song. <laughs> um, so uh, maybe a piece of advice I could give to people is if you're referred for a gig, mm-hmm. maybe in, just casually, as if you're curious, maybe you just ask, who, who do you usually use to play this gig? Or who usually subs? Right. You know, as, as an element of the conversation so that maybe you can get a few names of people that you might happen to know. And maybe you could do a little reconnaissance. Do a little homework so you know and, what you're um, getting up against. And it's one of those, I, I'll admit, there are a few times in my life where I've had gigs that um, have called and I've had the, you know, I've got something penciled on my calendar but I don't really know that's going to happen. It was, can you hold this for right. me? Let me give me about a, an hour to call them and make sure this thing's not happening. I would hate to say yes to you and then end up double booking myself. Um, that's another can, topic. We'll come back to that in a minute. I need to put the spreadsheet wanna, out right here on a double booking. I'm, this is a PSA announcement here. Okay. If you take a gig and you commit, stay with the gig because. If you get a call a month later from another person, right, mm-hmm. and they offer you, let's say it's $50 more, don't cancel on the first gig that you took to go make $50 more because your credibility is everything. So yeah. if you take a gig, commit, be committed to the, whoever you committed to first, stay there. Don't, that's one of the worst things you can do in this, in any town. Yeah. And, and it creates a bad reputation for yourself. So anybody that does that out there, please stop, because you give all of us a bad name. Well, yeah. Well, and, and there are certain cases where, like, I, I, no. I do have a... F- <laughs> no, no it, well, it comes down to, if you're going to be a professional, right, right. like if I say, I'm going to be here right. Monday at 11 o'clock, and I show up at 1230, you're not going to ask me to come back. Well, that's true. So there's no I, I, there's no wiggle room on this. I don't... I, no. You commit... There's you commit. none? I don't have any? I would say no. None? Go ahead. What you got? <laughs> He's not calling me out, by the way. Um, and I, I will say, I do have a couple of people that um, that I pl- that have played with for a very, very long time. Sure. That um, the kind of gigs that we do are very standard standards, mm-hmm. uh, by the book kind of things, where most any working drummer could walk in and play that gig with no prep at all. 
And uh, if if it's a situation where uh, I've said yes to a particular date, uh, and maybe maybe I'm doing them a solid where it's a little less than we normally would make on something. I do have a couple of band leaders that will always throw the caveat, look, I appreciate you doing this one for me. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get the money up if I can't. If you end up with something that really pays a whole lot more, then yeah, as long as you give me enough time, sure, then, that's a then, different situation. But that's a that's a dialogue. Yeah. That's yeah, a dialogue, that's a, and that's communicating. There, there's yeah. an implicit permission to, uh, if you do it the right way, put someone else in that. I had a situation like that a few months ago where um, I had an engineering thing that. Uh, I'd committed to the next day gotcha. after a, a gig. So I had a gig on a Saturday and a location recording gig on a Sunday. Um, maybe four or five days before that, the guys I was working for for the location gig needed to back up and do a lot of prelim the day before. It was a big concert recording. And I had to get a, you know, a sub for that. Sure. And the band leader was was. At least to my face, he was more than a mean. Yeah, but you took there, the time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, took yeah. the time. Yeah. If you're gonna have to call out, or there's a right. medical emergency in your family, or whatever it yeah. is, it, take the time to fill the gig. Right. Don't call the guy the night of. Be like, hey, I'm not gonna make it. Right, 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 right. Hey, man, my battery's dead. <laughs> you were supposed to be here like 15 minutes. Ago. Right. Sound check was yesterday, doofus. <laughs> so, uh, so now I will say you can. You can really shape your career by which gigs you take and which gigs you don't take. Um, you can shape your career positively and negatively. Sure. So you have to put some thought into what you're going to take, what you're going to say yes to, what you're going to say no to. And um, in some cases, a topic from another date, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to yeah, go back yeah. and this is put a all these topic. in the spreadsheet. This is a lot of, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a yeah. lot of stuff we could branch off into. Um, I, I feel like sometimes I have shoehorned myself into a position because I've said no more times than I would like playing live gigs for doing studio stuff. Right. So um, that's another topic for another day, though. And we, um, what we ought to do, too, maybe is shelve the next topic. Okay. Um, we are really trying to hold this to as close to an, an hour. hour as possible. Because uh, we could, it, if you went to lunch with us, it is like a three-hour gab fest. Um, we should just start recording our lunches, and we could play it, and then we can be sitting here eating lunch while the thing is playing. We should have thought of that. <laughs> See, that's why you're smarter than me. <laughs> that's a heck of a lot easier than setting up, like, all the cameras and the lights and five different... One, so one of these episodes, I'm going to... Somehow, I'll take a picture of everything that's going on here so everybody can see how hard poor Brian is working to make all this happen. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's fun, though. This is this is the closest thing I have yeah, to a hobby right having now. Having a good time, absolutely. And we certain, uh, certainly appreciate you guys tuning in and watching or listening. Uh, when we get about four deep on this, uh, you're going to see there's going to be a great website at dialadrummer.net. And you'll be able to, actually, there will be a podcast feed if you right. just want the audio version of this. And you don't really have time uh, at noon on Mondays to tune in live and to participate. You'll be able to listen after the fact uh, on the podcast. That's gonna we got to get about four episodes deep before we can get all that stuff set and up. And we're still fine-tuning. We'll get better yeah. in our dialogue as well. And, yeah. you know, we're going to start knocking out more topics per show. And yeah, and, and, and to remember that... Uh, Part of the hook of this show, uh, and we're going to do this a lot of different ways, yeah. but one of the offerings that we are going to continue to throw up there is this call-in line that uh, you can see 
back here on the graphic behind us, or you can see at the bottom of your screen, screen. 678-929-1230 uh, is our call-in line. At any point when we're doing a show live, you can call in and uh, hit that uh, little mouse pad. Let's see if there's any comments other than, hey, man, how y'all doing? Um, anyway, sorry. We're Again, technology. We're, we're working it out. But... Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave that open. Uh, anytime we're doing a live show, the call in line will always be there. Eventually, this will become kind of like a talk radio or sports talk radio, where if you got if you want to weigh in on a, on a comment on a topic, you got to comment about it, or if you've got a question you want to ask us, you'll be able to call in live. You can always uh, hashtag us, and I didn't make one of those, but uh, make sure that you follow us on all the different different social webs. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash dial a drummer. Uh, you can also follow us at Twitter. Uh, the handle there is Dial a Drummer as well. And you can uh, also follow us on Instagram. Uh, all of our posts about uh, the show that's coming up, who the guest is, maybe what the topics are going to be, those are all going to be there on our Instagram uh, as well as our Twitter. I'm pretty much going to try and let people know ahead of time what we're talking about if they want to weigh in on these conversations or if they have questions. I didn't make a graphic for this one, but you can always hashtag us. I do have this graphic. Uh, you can always hashtag us, uh, hashtag dial a drummer on Twitter. And I think you can do it on Facebook as well if you'd like to ask a question. Go, go to our Facebook wall. You can you can put up uh, that question if you don't want people to see what it is, you can PM us. You can also email us. This is where I, I need a pinch to zoom on this thing so that I can do... There we go. You can email the show, dialadrummer at gmail.com. And uh, there's any number of ways you can reach out to us. If you've got questions, you've got comments. Uh, I've got some questions this week we're going to table next week. Uh, I wanted to be able to make some cool graphics for that and kind of really set that thing up. We, uh, we've got some show segments that we're going to try out over the next few weeks. Absolutely. Uh, one of them we're going to call a group therapy session. Uh, it's good. We're, we're going to be able to help uh, alleviate each other's woes. And uh, some people might call it a fan and moan session. Uh, but it's going to be lighthearted, lighthearted right. and funny. And uh, if anything, it'll be a chance for us to bond and bond with you guys and um, all that great stuff. So thanks so much for watching the show live uh, or the listening, or the, listening <laughs> the archive version. A thousand people watched yeah, that's amazing. and Thank or listened so last week. Thank you to every one of those people. And um, that's all I got for today, Shannon. Sounds is, good. Is buddy. that enough? I think we did all right today. Uh, I hope so. Then we'll get this dial dial in thing going and we'll. Again, baby steps. We're growing. We're yeah. good. One thing at a time. But thanks for checking us out. Right we now, appreciate you right tuning in. Right now, I got in. all kinds of flashy things. Flashy toys. Flash away, buddy. Flashy toys, things that I can play with and have fun with here. Look at that. Isn't that wonderful? All right. That's all the cool stuff that I made for you this week. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, make sure you follow us. And, uh, oh, the thing I didn't say about the call-in line is um, you can use the call-in line if you want to leave a question, but you don't want to be live on the show but you like hearing your voice on the interwebs, uh, there is a voicemail on that thing. Very so cool. if you call that call-in number, the... the 678. 929-1230. Uh, we finish each other's sentences. How about that? Uh, you can leave a voicemail, and we will play that voicemail on the show. Uh, unless it's... God, you guys stink. This sucks. Don't do this anymore. Uh, that's, we'll, we'll play it, too. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, why not? It'd be fun. 
anyway, thanks so much, guys. We will see you again next week, Monday at noon on Dial a Drummer.